From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. So we took a little bit of time off and I apologize. Some of that time was for my birthday, or at least for me, it was anyway. Some of it was for the 4th of July and some of it was just for stuff. But at some point you have to get back to business. So welcome to a lightsaberific edition of Meanwhile, 22 pages later, episode 219. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me as always is the man that has been recognized as the snarkiest co-host in the galaxy. He is Mike, also known as MFG. I cannot wait for the Supreme Court to strike down and strike down ferocity, anyone that ever says lightsaber ability. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, here I am with another horribly described movie. Are up you the ready? Level of difficulty. Oh yeah, we've upped that level. We've oh, just made it a lot more vague, I guess. But are we ready for a horribly described film? Wait, wait the ones yeah. before were clearer? They were easy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting one right until next year. No, no, this one's actually not that bad. We'll uh, here we go. An hour and a half of watching people take naps. An hour and, and a half it. of watching people take naps. I got it. Take- I got it. I got yeah, it. that's why I said this one's a good start in. But you'll hmm. hear more about that answer after the quick news. All right. You're going to probably watch me fail a little bit. <laughs> but our other illustrious host is the man that is known for having his very manly arm hair. Whether that hair is Ewok, Wookiee, or Bantha is, is is up to you. He is RT Squared, Ralph the Tech. Actually, we techs um, come from a hearty line of hairy people. We're our nice. own breed. So the other day, while I was circumnavigating the globe in nothing but a wingsuit, I found myself going down this massive canyon with jagged rocks coming up at every angle. As I approached the end, I reached for the cord to pull my parachute, and just the moment before I hit the ground, a thought occurred to me. Given how many different activities Waldo does without any commitment in all of those pictures, he really does seem to have a problem with finding himself. Hmm. <laughs> how <laughs> introspective and sad. <laughs> Everybody can find Waldo except himself. <laughs> Oh, Lord. And being that we're talking about the subject that we're talking about today, of course, we had to bring on an expert. Oh, and also he's the reign defending undisputed M22 Star Wars trivia master of the galaxy. He's also a really good friend of the podcast and one of the most knowledgeable chums regarding anything Star Wars. Please give it up for Jazz. Is there no one else? (laughs) <laughs> that will come on and come after my title. <laughs> Sound like an open challenge. <laughs> Cowards, all of you. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for this to come out. Shout out to JP. Um, distant second place. Hope everything's going okay with you. <laughs> on that note, let's talk about what we're doing for today's show. So for today's show, we will be journeying to a series found a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, somewhere in between Revenge of the Sith and The New Hope. But is this new Star Wars series more like The Mandalorian or Boba Fett? In this episode, we, us four, will be discussing the new Star Wars series, 
Obi-Wan. But first, who shot first? Han? Nah. Greedo? No. It's my it's Mike who's ready to shoot off his mouth. Ha ha ha. At the latest geek-tastic info. So here we go. MFG and it's quick news. And now, the quick news brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news control was brought to you by Bad. Bald and dangerous. <laughs> I guess I'm part of that somehow? No, no, no. We rejected your application. Okay, that's what I figured. But you're bad nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> Who's bad? All right. Uh, Alrighty, Evil Superman is once again up, up, and a slaying. Uh, Boom Studios announced that Mark Wade and Peter Krause's Irredeemable is making a return. Oh. The, the original comic series was released in 2009 and ran for 37 issues, concluding in 2012. The series followed the downward path of the Plutonian, the world's greatest uh, superhero, as he turns evil and the world suffers in his wake. Standing in the way are Earth's protectors, the Paradigm, Plutonian's former teammates. In March, Netflix announced it was adapting Irredeemable and its spinoff series, Incorruptible, into a single film adaptation. It will be directed by James Samuel and will be produced with Jay, uh, sorry, Jay-Z, James Lasseter, Stephen Christie, and Ross Ritchie. The script comes from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse co-director, Kemp Powers. Wow. And talk about Netflix looking at Amazon's um, <laughs> Amazon series, The Boys, and going, we want a piece of that action. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, I, um, I know Ralph might be familiar with Irredeemable. Jazz, as you being a big Superman fan, are you familiar? And Ralph, did I assume? No, you, you told me about Irredeemable before. Okay. And I said, uh, what? Evil Superman? Yes, please. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Irredeemable, but I am familiar with uh, Evil Superman. It could be good, or you could just get Brightburn. Um, so, <laughs> wow. we'll, see, we'll see what you do with it. So you're using bright for bright burn as a negative adjective to describe. How else am I supposed to use it? Hey, some people <laughs> love bright burn. I know some people are like, oh man, bright burn was really good. I'm like, really it was. It was fun. It, it was it, it was okay. I mean, we have we we reviewed it in the podcast. Yeah. If you want to check out the archives, check it out. <laughs> Very nice. All righty, and last but not least, because you know, quick news is quick. Sam Wilson gets his solo outing in a Captain America film. Now, if you liked Cloverfield Paradox, and no one did, then suck it up, because Julius Ona will be directing Captain America 4. Uh, Malcolm Spellman, who served as head writer on Winter Soldier, and Dallin Musan will also pen the script. So there's also some good news. Uh, there is no story news or release date, but according to the film star, Anthony Mackie, he says that filming will begin in a few weeks. Wow, I'm very excited about that. I was wondering when they were going to have... Um, Anthony Mackie doing the whole Captain America, you know, now that it's not, you know, they finished his arc on Disney Plus. I was wondering when the movie was coming out. How are we feeling about this gentleman? I'm excited to see what they do. Optimistic. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm not very excited. I didn't like that series. You didn't so, like it? Oh, no. wow. It was, I did not think it was very good. So I'm, I'm, you know, it could be okay. great. But I'm not like super excited about. All right. Well, out of the series that we've had so far, so we've had Wandavision, Loki, Winter Soldier, and is that it? And now we're in Ms. Marvel, or is there something? Oh, and Moon Knight, uh, Hawkeye, and Moon Knight, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye what if, and, if you want to count that? Right. What? Where? Where does it rank in those? What was that? Six or seven uh, shows? Uh, at the bottom. About? Oh wow! You, you really, you Whoa. really disliked it. Oh my goodness! No, I did not like it. 
Wow. Okay. Oh, very good. All right. Wow. Like in a room full of 10 guys like you are now, you're in the minority, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you're I just mean, lucky this is a Zoom uh, meeting. <laughs> it, would, it, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So finally, Anthony Mackie doing Captain America. I can't wait to see the, the, the love and the hate that comes from this. But that's oh, all your quickness? Yeah. That is it. And could you kindly repeat your horribly described movie Are that Jazz seemed if I have like? Any quick news? No, you don't. You never have quickness. I do. He does every now and then. Go for it. You have quickness. Go right ahead. So, Mike, do you remember a comic book that I showed you before about it was a, a <clears throat> African uh, themed comic book with a girl named uh, yes. Ayanu? Yes. Well, guess what? It was recently been greenlit for a series on HBO Max. You're kidding me. No. Holy cow. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So if if you guys want to look into it, it's called Ayanu, Child of Wonder. And it's by Unique Studios. And it's the word U, then N-E-K, N-E-E-K, Studio. Ah, that's how we know it's good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the storyline is is, is very good. And the artwork is incredible. Yeah, uh-huh. no, yeah, it was. And it's like oh, that's a, fantastic. It's an all black studio. So like this is really good that they're getting representation now. Wow. And said HBO First Max? Off, yeah, it's gonna what? be on HBO Max. Fantastic. First off, I take it back for saying that Rob didn't have quick news, but second off, Rob, how did you become acquainted with this title before we get to the horribly described movie? Where did you get was that at Comic Con? Was that at no, Forbidden so I, Planet? So um I had so I I had backed a project on Kickstarter called Black, where is this comic book? Yes, yes. It's like if only black people had superpowers in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then because of that, I was suggested this comic book, which was also being done on Kickstarter. So I backed that when the, the first volume was coming out. Nice. So, wow, okay. So, so I saw, I saw yeah. the premise of it. I'm like, wow, this is a really good story. Like the art is incredible. Mm-hmm. And like the, the, the studio, Unique Studios, they also have like a whole bunch of other different stories that they've been publishing for years. Ayanu has been has been in the works for 15 years, like so. It's it's a really Jeez, good story. Oh my gosh! I didn't realize it had been that long. That fantastic. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. All right, oh, we're off. Good, good way of coming out in the clutch. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, look at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's, he's like the, the, gr- tech. the girlfriend that gets slighted, and then, then they finally do something right, and it's like, mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> Mike, what is your horribly described movie? Oh, very good, very good. It is. An hour and a half of watching people take naps. Pretty sure Inception is longer than that. Yeah, it's like two hours. Is that your answer? Yes. No, that's just an offhand of comics. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> He's talking about Inception. <laughs> I'm not going to, I have no idea. So I'm going to say, I don't know. Oh, it, I mean, it is Inception, but it didn't say it was the total length of the movie. It was just watching an hour and a half of them take naps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. And I'm glad Mike lulled us into that one because Lord knows when he when he said the last podcast, he was like, Yeah, you know, I'm gonna make it harder. I'm like, oh, there we go. Mike, this one was easier than all the other ones you've ever done. It was a nice, easy little lull in. No, oh, I'll say this one. Now that I know the 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 the, the idea of midsummer, I'm like, oh wow, that was pretty easy. <laughs> but that's but behind hindsight's 2020. Anyway, it is. <laughs> Let's get into what we're here for and what we brought Jazz on for to talk about the Disney Plus series, a.k.a. the Star Wars new series, Obi-Wan. And with a synopsis, is a guy who I'm very interested what his take is going to be on this. He is Mike, 
also known as MFG. Wow, I think he died in the middle of that sentence. All righty. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi is the latest Star Wars offering from the Disney Plus streaming service. Obi-Wan Kenobi takes place 10 years after the events of 2005's feature film, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. The six-episode series was directed by Deborah Chow. Obi-Wan Kenobi has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 83% with an audience of 66% and an IMDb weighted average of 71 out of 100. Mm, okay. Right. Little synopsis time. In a galaxy that's pretty close by, uh, Mega Empire spent more than $4 billion on an epic space opera franchise. Through unnecessary sequels, gimmicky characters, disappointing solo outings, CGI recreations of dead stars, and critically iffy limited series, the Empire has been beating money out of the franchise like it was once married to Johnny Depp. <laughs> this is the story of one of those limited series. On the dusty planet Tatooine, a dusty Jedi watches over a dusty family. Adhering to the strict Jedi code of, I don't have your back, Obi-Wan Kenobi blankly reacts to the death of a young Jedi that sought his assistance. This will prepare viewers for when Obi-Wan blankly watches Darth Vader murder adults and children on the planet Jabim a few episodes later. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan is dragged away from his Tatooine vigil after Leia Organa is kidnapped by Reva, a vicious survivor of the Jedi Younglings massacre at the hands of Anakin Skywalker prior to his rebirth as Lord Vader. Though Reva desperately seeks to destroy Obi-Wan at every opportunity, she has her own confusing agenda involving the Sith Lord as well. The series attempts to offer unseen insight into the relationship between Master Kenobi and his former Padawan, but the proliferation of tired tropes, lazy writing, masturbatory fan service, and the already known resolution between the major players will leave you asking, Obi-Wai. All righty, it's starring Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hayden Christensen as James, and James Earl Jones as Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, Vivian Lyra Blair as Leah Organa, Rupert Friend as Grand Inquisitor, Sung Kang as the fifth brother, Moses Ingram as Reva Savender, the third sister, uh, Kumail Nanjani as Haja Estri, Indira Varma as Tala Durith, O'Shea ja Jackson Jr. as Kawalan Roken, and Liam Neeson as Qui Gon Jinn. Ah, so let's get into it, Obi-Wan. But before we start discussing this series, let's press the spoiler button that we've paid so much money for. Warning, the following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Ah, and yes, that's play the spoiler warning after Mike's already said that Liam Neeson makes a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> and that spoiler warning <laughs> was brought to you by the super stuffy Steve Francis. I love you, Steve, of Stush Productions. Luke, use the Stush. He never actually said that line. Stush is your father. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's start talking about it and dissecting it. Obi-Wan the series. So before we start talking about what we saw, how did you guys feel about the idea that um, Ian McGregor and um, Hayden Christensen were reprising their roles as Obi-Wan and Anakin, respectively, before you even saw the series. How did you guys feel about that news? I feel like Hayden put on a little bit of weight because his, his cheeks looked a little bit more chubbier, you know, like in, he was a little bit rounder. And he could have, like, you know, worked out just a little bit to make us think that he was still young. It's, it's been 17 years. Yeah, and I still look great. Well, there's a, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Uh, I barely cared one way or the other and barely cared when I saw him on screen <laughs> wow. one way or the other. Um, I mean, Hayden Christian did not excite me one way or the other. <laughs> After seeing the three movies, 
I didn't want to see him anymore. So uh, what if he took his shirt off? Then I would have turned the channel even faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, let yeah, me go to know. somebody who actually appreciates this. Let me wonder, how did you feel about this, Jazz? How were you about when you heard, okay, these two guys are reprising their roles from the prequels? How did you guys feel about How did you I feel mean, about that? It was one of these things that I think the entire, you know, the biggest, when the fandom was kind of hoping to get this Kenobi series, the biggest request was to get you and McGregor back. So we got that. And then when we heard that Hayden and Christian was coming back, I, it was also really cool because it maybe took a little bit of time and obviously the entire fandom hasn't warmed up to him, but I was happy to see that the reception was in general a little bit more positive than maybe if it was back in like, if they'd done this in like 2007. Um, I I don't think it was entirely necessary to bring back Hayden Christensen, but if you were going to bring back Vader, I am glad that Hayden Christian was physically in the suit because for me, I enjoyed watching Vader knowing that underneath was Hayden. Um, for me, it just added another, just, you know, fun, fun level of understanding um, to this series. Not necessary. You could have gotten somebody else to fill out the suit and then brought Hayden in for the two scenes, the three scenes, excuse me, that we uh, physically see him in. Um, but, the, but I like that they did it. But they say that Demetrius Bistrevsky is actually the guy that was in the Vader suit. Then I am entirely wrong. I was under the impression for a good long while that it was uh, Hayden who was because Hayden is physically in a suit at the end of episode three. Um, so I thought that they would. Uh, well, I, I think. The same. Well, I think they did basically what they did with the Mandalorian, which is you know he's there when it needs to be shown. It's him in a suit, but other than that, it's not him in a suit. Gotcha. You okay, know? I wasn't yeah. aware of that. I wasn't aware of that detail. Yeah. All right. Um, so now let's let's get into the actual show. So the show begins and they show the Inquisitors, who are the vi the villains of this story, um, coming to a local spot in Tatooine and laying waste to pretty much any hiding Jedi they find. Now, I'll speak for myself as a Star Wars semi-fan. I'm always impressed with the look of the villains, only to be disappointed with how lame the villains actually are. How did you guys feel these villains came out looking and their vibe, you know, as opposed to other Star Wars series villains. You mean uh, wandering, uh, wandering, whining little third sister, and uh, Lucius Moff, uh, not Lucius. Uh, God damn it! You want to say Moff Gideon? No, I was gonna say Malfoy. Oh, Malfoy, no. <laughs> Malfoy, all grown up. Like, that's what he looked like. The one who came back and was resurrected. Who the Inquisitor? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the villains. I mean, they they look fine to me, like Star Wars characters, that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, they 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 were chewing the scenery quite a bit. Okay, all right. I, I'll say this before I go to Jazz. Um, I know the Inquisitors are from a previous series, as all Star Wars fans would know. Um, and, and I guess for me, they they look they I, they felt a little bit more badass. Like I've watched Grievous, and I wasn't impressed with Grievous. I've seen Moff Gideon, and I wasn't really that bowled over with him. When these came guys came on episode one, and they're killing Jedi's and they're freaking, you know, scaring people in Tatooine, I'm like, all right, this feels like something. This is why you're scared of the Empire. I mean, that's just me. Jess? I mean, but they weren't like walking around killing Jedi. Like that was the thing, kind of like the big thing. And I'll save Reva, uh, like for a little bit later. We get into because we're talking about the Inquisitors in general. We didn't really get to see, like, 
we, I think the audience, they relied on the reputation that Inquisitors have from uh, previous series such as Rebels or even when Inquisitors in like the video games like Jedi Fallen Order. I think they relied on the reputation of those characters to make the audience go like, oh man, it's the Inquisitors, but they didn't actually do anything. Right. Right. And like, unfortunately like, for someone like me, that's never seen Rebels with the Mad. I saw like the first year of Rebels and that was it. So I don't yeah, know the like, Inquisitors. So no, what I'm saying is I don't know them. So when I saw them, I'm like, I have no reputation is what I'm just leading to. No, I, to, to I, I agree. Because I'm, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm like, if you had shown a, if you had shown them like a montage of like before they get to Tatooine, if they jump from planet to planet and we see them finding Jedi and like striking them down overwhelmingly, we'd be a little bit more afraid. But we don't. Right. And so, it, again, it relies on the audience already knowing what these characters are, what they're capable of to have that full impact. And I really did think it missed the mark on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they wow. really just came into town like just Empire bullies, which, again, is a thing of the of the people in charge. I mean, of, of in power in Empire because they are bullies. I mean, they're the Nazis, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, that's all that they seem like. You know, they were just like, we got power, we bullies and you better listen to us. We're going to kill you, you know. But also I find it interesting with the fact that they're not just bullies, they're former Jedis that turned into Sith and are hunting their own. That's like, that, that was for me, that was really interesting. They're not Sith. Huh? They're not, they're not Sith. Sith. They're not they're, Sith. They just, they're former Jedi. They're former Jedi. Okay, I'm sorry. Bounty hunters, what do you want to call them? Right, yeah. But just still like, like the idea of, you know. I, le- I found that not interesting only because they didn't answer why. There's a difference. If, if you're telling me that like, hey, you know, it's basically this really kind of good guy, good guy organization that, has mostly been murdered thanks to Order 66. And, you know, to survive, you're like, hey, I'm gonna work for what we've seen as the bad guys. That's fine because, you know, you're doing what you have to do to survive. You're probably, you know, you're reluctantly doing this shit, you know? Even if you're not scheming something else, you're still like, you shouldn't be as gung-ho as these people were. These, and especially Reva, as we're gonna talk about her a lot more later, it's really bothering with her. These people delighted, delighted in massacring people. And I'm like, well, this makes no sense. You know, there's, there's things you may do to survive, but you would do them reluctantly. I mean, especially since your whole upbringing was to protect people, you know, which is, which, and we know that as far as storytelling wise, because they keep jamming it down our throats in episode one. The Jedi protect everyone. Oh, we'll lure them out because they protect people all the time. The Jedi will do anything to protect them as the citizens. That, you know, it's like, well, you were Jedi. You're you're doing this without blinking, and and if you've been mind control or mind warped or Sith warped into being evil, again, I don't know. <laughs> so the whole revelation about them having been Jedi just left me dumbfounded at that point. All right, all right. Um, what up? now? Meanwhile, conversely, you know, we watch like like, like kind of what Mike said in the synopsis. You have um, the you, you have the. Um, I'll say the third order. I keep wanting to call them the third order. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Inquisitors laying waste. You, you know, you kind of got Obi-Wan kind of like, you know, hiding the shadows, not using his powers, you know, um, you know, truly not doing anything heroic for 10 years. How we how did you guys feel about that as a way of introducing what Obi-Wan's been doing all this time? That the fact that he did nothing, you know, heroic or he didn't try to, you know, all he's been doing is watching over Luke Skywalker, even though his uncle didn't want him to. So we just have a grown, creepy guy that's just been watching a kid, even though his folks don't want him to do it. Yeah, that's that's just not a good play at any point of introducing any character for me. But I'm also just like, it's the problem I'm having with a lot of these series that want to reach back. Your mind, I mean, granted, and I know there's books out there and I, you know, Jazz, you're, you're, you've read the books too, a lot of the books on the Star Wars stuff, whether they're canon or not anymore. 
not? Uh, not not as much as I'd like to. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, you know, there's stories, and maybe there's stories about, you know, what Obi Wan had done. The point is, as as just a movie watcher, and, and now a, a TV series watcher, your your mind is just like, oh, you know, he's watched over the boy, but you know, he's probably fighting the good fight. He's probably helping the rebellion. It's like now you're just ruining it for me because now, like 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 you just pointed out, it's like all we see now is that he just literally did shit for ten years on this dust bowl planet. It's like, you know, my imagining was that he was part of the fight all this time, <laughs> you know, not just sitting on the sideline. And then to see him on in turn, not only not defend anyone in the town, to not even assist beyond just advice <laughs> to this Jedi that is on the run being hunted down. I'm just like, this is not an impressive um, thing for like our, not only for a character that we all love, but he's the character, the main character of the show. I was not but, happy with this. But that's what he had to do. I suppose so. I, I, I uh, feel you know. like, well, I feel like you know, if you make if you make him somewhat as strong as he was in in the prequels, it wouldn't be an interesting, you know, um, you you wouldn't have any kind of conflict, you know. He, you know, the fact that he, it's almost like what they did with Batman in Batman Rises, you know, the idea of he's been beaten down by Bane, and you know, um, or even before that, he, he stopped being Batman after um, Harvey Dent dies. And he hasn't been Batman for eight years. So I think they did the same thing. And I think a lot of people didn't like it because of that. But I have no problem with him. Not that I have no problem with him. But I can see what they were doing with saying, okay, he was so discouraged by his his, his mentee turning on him, taking over the, the, the empire and, you know, being this force. And the fact that you feel like I could have done something and I effed up. I'm just going to go into seclusion. It's not what we would want our hero to do, but it's kind of what happened. But it's also a matter of like, you know, at that point in time, like, yes, he has, you know, very much gone into hiding, but Obi-Wan is committed, even at the beginning before he gets, sort of comes back, Luke Skywalker must survive. Like, that is the clear message. And he was like, I will not allow anybody to do anything that could possibly allow them to figure out that this kid is the potential, I'm referring to Luke, that this kid is the savior of the galaxy. Like, he trusts uh, Bail Organa to do his job with Leia. Obi-Wan is like, I will stay here. I will watch over the kid. Nothing will happen to him. Now, he's not like, you know, a soldier staying at the top of his form, uh, like, guarding him. But, like, it's 10 years. So even for me, that, yeah, he wasn't really doing anything and was, you know, very much secluded. For me, the message still came through. My job is here and it is to watch this child and it's to make sure he is safe. And then when the time comes, I will help him, uh, you know, I'll train him to uh, to restore order to the galaxy. Hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, and again, I, I get it. It just didn't work for me because like I said, it was I guess it's because it was too literal and for too long. If you said it was like three or four years, he had literally stayed there. But then like, you know, after a while he's like, look, I feel that things are fine. I, I want to keep bouncing back, obviously. But I'm going out and doing a little something, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm causing the empire problems, you know, or something like that here and there. I would feel a little bit better. But like the fact that he literally stayed there for 10 years and then it's like you're going to protect people. You're going to protect the boy with your powers waning. It's like, well, how do you think that's going to happen if let's just say something happened, came into town like, oh, I don't know, the Inquisitors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. so again, it was just one of those things where I was just like, eh, you know, but I mean, it, it moved the story to where it was supposed to be. So. You can't you, argue with it. You would think that he would spend that time honing his craft. Yeah, well, yeah, that's my whole point. But yeah, I mean, he didn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm all about, you know what, when you're depressed, 
and, and you know, in your seclusion, you don't want you, you don't think that logically of maybe I should keep up my skills. It's like I don't even want to deal with this stuff because remember, if he used if he used his powers, they would detect him. So he couldn't use his powers anyway, from what I understand, you because they would detect him and he'd be he'd be you know brought attention to. Him. So he's got to not use his powers. There are other ways to get stronger without having to use the force. You can connect to it without having to use it. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not I'm not a Jedi. I can't tell you about that. So you know, <laughs> it's okay. Um, but You'll also, and I'm glad, youngling. Yeah, youngling. Oh, I'll suck on these. Um, but <laughs> back to the original story. Um. It's funny because um, Jazz was talking about, you know, this whole idea of, you know, you know, keeping an eye out on, you know, on Luke and that the Organos were looking at Leia. So in that in that first episode, we meet young Leia, you know, being raised by the Organas. And um, I think that I mean, I could be mistaken. This is the first young Leia reference we probably had since maybe teen Leia in one of the last Star Wars films. Um, how were you guys feeling about the idea of using Leia? as a focal point, um, especially knowing that Vader doesn't find out about Leia until way later. Kind of what Mike brought up in, his, in the synopsis that some of the things that we know could be points of conflict and tension, we know can't turn out to be much because it doesn't happen. Right. How were we with young Leia being the center of this whole adventure? If I wanted that little boy as Anakin Skywalker to be murdered in episode one, <laughs> I wish I, I almost wish he had run his like his whatever that jet thing is that they run around in into her. Obviously. Yeah, he could have just run it into her. I, I I I have it's 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 only but so much you can tolerate a child actor to begin with. But to make to make the character the way she was, it was just I, I couldn't I could barely bear it. You know, and it's so funny because a friend of mine had mentioned he was just like wait till you meet Leia, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, I see now, <laughs> you know? It's that, it's, you know what I, I hate precocious children in shows. She was just in every level. It was just like, I'm like, stop, please. I, I can't take any more of Leia of like, you know, you know, Leia can do, I can't anymore. <laughs> I, I want to agree with Mike to a point. I, I like, they, they didn't do a really good job with the way they wrote Leia, but I do want to say that I love that little actress. Like she, she did that really well. If she could make Mike hate you that quickly, like I mean, it's, it's a child. <laughs> I get a skill. that. That's it's no, no, already, no, no, no. It's already no, that, a child, and Mike doesn't like him anyway. But like MFG AKWC field. It's an acting skill. It's an acting skill when you're meant to be a bad character and you hate them. Yeah, <laughs> they're not supposed to be your protagonist, and but, you hate them. <laughs> but I, you know? I just thought she did a great job. Oh, I, I couldn't, I could not deal with her I, in the I, least. I loved. I was like, oh my god, this this is like the perfect little Leia because it's also like when you when you when you think about it, the way the adult Leia was, right? It was kind of just like this is the same personality, right? Know? And well, that's well, that's also my problem too. Is that whole like. Oh, you know, everybody's just who they were when they were younger, and they're just who they are when they're older. And it's like, no, no, we, we all change. Like, like you know, she's supposed to be she, she's supposed to be learning lessons, not fully developed Leia. That means that that means that she literally learns nothing in seventeen years. See, <laughs> you know, she's channeling the Force from her future self, so she, it's her same same person, <laughs> just different body. Lord, Lord help. <laughs> so, so, Mr. Raining Defending, how do you feel about this? 
Uh, so as far as making Leia kind of like the vocal point to kind of go to your original question, I thought it was a, I'll talk about the character of Leia in a second, but I thought the idea of bringing her in was a smart idea because going into the series, we know that Obi-Wan has to take, again, I've said it before, Luke Skywalker must survive. That's a big deal. And despite what he did while he was there, we know that he took that job seriously. So obviously, so going into it, I'm thinking you can't make a series about uh, Obi-Wan sat and watched Luke for 17 years. Because I, I think he's either se- Luke's either 17 or 19 in, in A New Hope. It's like you can't. 17. Yeah, thank you. I think Ray is 19. I get, get the two of them mixed up. So um, like that's just a dumb story. So you have to find a way to manufacture a story. And if you're going to get Obi-Wan to leave, there has to be an equally compelling reason to get him to leave Tatooine as there is for him to stay. So what better reason than the other Skywalker twin is in danger. And I think for me that justifies Obi-Wan leaving, which eventually does. So as far as how you're going to manufacture that story, I think it was a good idea that makes sense for Obi-Wan to leave Luke if he's going to help Leia. Um, As far as the character of Leia, um, I agree that it is over the top in an annoying sense. Um, Like, I understand that, yes, she is a princess, so she is not seen the real world and she is not wanted for anything her entire life. Her parents, definitely Bail Organa, has probably shielded her, uh, you know, very smartly so to make sure that, you know, nobody could possibly trace to figure out who he was. So, and as a result of being overprotective, she's not going to be in any sort of danger. She's going to be pretentious. Again, she's a princess. But it was over the top in her character of being a little bit ridiculous. And sorry, uh, Ralph, do you have the bleep sound effect? Uh, Because you're going to need to use it in just a second. (laughs) That chase scene with the bounty hunters through the woods was fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, That is one of the dumbest (laughs) moments. Like, do you rewatch that scene and you can deliberately see the grown men, adults, humanoid beings, whatever, purposely running slow. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, they were like, they were almost escape. on their knees. At one point, it's just like the guy stopped. He actually stopped yeah, for her is- to run. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is horrible. Um, but 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 now going back, though, to the princess thing, and this is what bothers me is that like if. And let you know. Let's just take it. We 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 already know what Bail Organa is like. But let's just say if he was a little bit much more of a bastard, or if you saw that his wife was like really like, I'm the queen. This is the way things should be. No, they were both beautiful, wonderful people. They would have taught that to their daughter. She I was agree. nothing like them. That's what. That's my problem with her is that she's nothing like them. Also, yes, I get that. It's a the reason for him leaving, going after Leia, is a great reason to get him off of Tatooine. However. The way they structured it made no sense. Bail Organa's like, well, you know, you have to get her. You don't know what can get her. You're the king of a planet with guards. You have literally not sent one person after her yet. Not one. You've actually waited to talk to a guy to see if he'll do it instead of going to have someone take your daughter. And he's like, well, they can't find out who she is. I'm like, is it tattooed on her? Because everyone knows that she's not the blood of them, of both of them. Everyone knows that they're the the, the, the the family members know she's not related to them. So I don't, I you know, the, the way they manipulated Obi-Wan leaving made no sense. The reason for him leaving Tatooine was fine. I just, the, the way they did it made no sense to me. Because, right. you know, they're, they're like, it's like you, you're, you have a whole army. You are the king of a planet. 
or at least of a huge portion of it, you have no ability, <laughs> none, <laughs> you know. So that that was that was what's far fetched, and then that led me to more and more Leia. And <laughs> well, well, let's. I'll take this opportunity to make a shift off of Leia and talking about more of the overall series, and let's talk about the big, big bad, who, of course, is Darth Vader. And um, I know that Darth Vader has been in previous, you know, movies outside of the, you know, the original trilogy, um, but this presentation of Darth Vader for me felt a little bit different. How were you guys with his presentation and just overall portrayal in this series? I feel like it's one of the best um, uh, renditions of Darth Vader in a very long while. I, I mean, I was fine with, for the most part with Vader. Things that were um, that were making me ask questions were, had nothing to do with, let's say Vader per se, but it was just the, the almost reverential deference and the and the fear that everyone had of him didn't match what we saw seven years later where when we catch him in four five and six yeah there's people that are afraid of him but he was he they reacted to him more like he was just the emperor's uh lackey he was his muscle here everyone is just so they're afraid of him to the point of it's like why are you not in charge of things like like almost everything Whereas before it was very much like, you know, yeah, you're powerful, but you know, you're my goon. So do as I say kind of thing. You know, you, you know, it's like the, the way people would interact with him is very different. And I guess, I mean, I know that has to do a lot more with popularity and blah, 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 blah. It's just, it was just one of those weird things. But um, I mean, as far as Vader, it's fine. I, and I'll talk about Vader and Reva. I just don't like the feelings that they're trying to manipulate out of us when it comes to him. It's the same problem I have with Reva, but we'll get to that again a little bit later. Okay. Ralph and Jazz, how, how, how are you guys feeling about Vader? Ralph? Um, feels like he took some steroids because he seemed a little bit OP there. You know, like his... <laughs> also, like, if he was that strong, why didn't he just reach for Ben through the I, fire and, like, pull him back? And, and Tons like, of questions. And, and, like, what, what, no, why him? didn't he? Why like, didn't he reach for Ben when he ran away from him in the tunnel. Yeah. Like <laughs> he could have just is, pulled him back at any moment. Is, is there like <laughs> a time limit to his OP? Like it's it's okay. We could only be OP for three minutes. Then you gotta take a there's like a cool down period. You know, like there's a refractory period for him. Well, also, we just like, need a little HUD bar on the we just need a HUD bar on the screen just showing his power level moving up. His, <laughs> his MP probably went down and that's why he had to wait to replenish it. And wow. to then be able to use the force Oh my again. God, guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but that was very annoying. It's like, like, you know, I mean, again, and I'm not here to nitpick on how strong Vader should be. That I don't care. I don't care how long, how he could, if he's supposed to be strong enough to bring down the moon or he can only lift three ants at a time. I don't care what his strength is supposed to be. But yes, the very inconsistent, like, oh, I just use these incredible powers when I want to, but also I don't tend to use them when it would be really advantageous for me. <laughs> you know? Well, clearly... You know, let me just do some math here. So, uh, spaceship that size, heavy as shit, right? Requires a lot of force in order to push itself against the gravity to get out of the the world's atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of force. Clearly, he has more force than a spaceship trying to exit the the, the atmosphere of a planet. To bring uh -oh. it down. Uh oh, we, I see, we, I see we, objection. We're getting, we're getting reaction. We're getting objections there. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? I, I can't do a Yoda impression, but to quote episode five, when 
Uh, Luke says, Master Yoda moving, he's gesturing to the X-Wing of the Swamp. He says, Master Yoda moving stones is one thing. This is entirely different. Yoda says, no, no different, only different in your mind. So the idea of size, weight, mass, it, it, it does not matter. Right, um, well, but so, I mean, again, that's opposing force. Right, that's right, right. Saying. But again, but again, my whole point is that's why I say I don't care how much power he's supposed to have. It's just the odd usage of his power that I have a problem. So you know, to, uh, to comp- so I'm aware. Yes, that is a glaring question when he first meets Obi Wan. Um, from my point of view, the impression that I got in that first encounter, it is very clear that Vader is enjoying the fact that he is yes. mess- that he is messing with him. I got that as that, well. Like he. And one of the things that I really like this rendition of Vader and getting these details because because we see you and McGregor were taken back to the prequels and were taken back to the moments that he had with Anakin or and and in Clone Wars um, for those of you who watched that and one of the things that I really liked seeing in their relationship this time especially in the final episode in the finale Vader hates him. And that was like an amazing thing that we got to see because like in when he is burning on the shores of Mustafar and he screams, I hate you. It's like, you don't really, for me, like I didn't feel it. And once we get to the finale, I'll I'll call call back to this. But when we see Vader the first time, it's, I got it. Like he enjoys so much that he gets to mess with Obi-Wan. That he gets to play around, that he gets to have fun, that he gets to show, like, I don't need to kill you. I have proven that I be- that I'm better than you, and I get more satisfied. I, as Vader, get more satisfaction out of that. Yeah, I, I I got that from that as well because I mean I, I I thought the same thing as Mike. Like he should be like ripping him in two, but there's a, a sadistic pleasure of. I'm stronger than you. I know that I'm stronger than you. And I'm toying with you because but, just to watch you suffer is is pleasure but, for me. But the question is, why would he think he's stronger than him? Remember, he hasn't seen him since whatever that planet is called. Yeah, but he's also he's also mashed he's also mashed up with him with the force. No, but he he knows he's stronger. Right, he may know it. Well, I mean, but as we saw, even by the end, he's stronger. But there's still he can still be defeated. So my my point is again, even with playing with him, like I said, you know, it begs now with the fire, like where it's like, okay, now you're letting the game away. It's I, I'm not there to be like, you know, like, like I said, you want to play that's fine. It was just, it's just the way they kept showing it. It was, it was always this like, ah, by just the skin of his teeth, he got away that little guy with the help of another person <laughs> with no force power. Oh, Vader, you know, you know, like you're looking pretty bad, not getting this guy, you know, it's just, it was just too much of it for me, I guess. I, I think I'll that's say, what it was. I'll say this, the overarching feeling for me was that they made Vader and now, mind you, there's a lot of things we can compare to the original trilogy and go, well, he's diff- he's portrayed a little bit different here than there. But just he was very menacing in this series. And what they really did a good job on selling how, I mean, they almost said, okay, remember that little small part in Rogue One that everybody got excited for without going through two hours of people dying that nobody cares about? That part, let's take that and extend it. I mean, the the, the, the chase of Obi-Wan in the darkness and the lightsaber coming out. Oh my gosh! It was, I mean, I I got excited just watching that part. I was like, wow! Like it made you feel like, even though you know he's not gonna kill him, you're like, wow! You know, this is kind of like frightening. This is what Darth Vader should be. I really enjoyed it when the, it came to logistics. Obviously, some things fall flat, but I definitely enjoyed you know Darth looking badass throughout the entire series, choking people, grabbing things with with the Force. I enjoyed it. 
you know, I, I, this is what I want um, Darth to look like, but technology didn't allow it to in four, five, and six. That's that, that, that's me. That, that, you know, all logic aside. Right. I mean, we, no, I mean, his menacing was there. I, I don't know what you mean about you wanted, but they didn't have the technology in four, five, and well, six. Well, in, four, in episode four, five, and six, Lucas Films and all their technology, you know, Vader moved slow. Vader, you know, the, the fight scenes were very slow, you know, and, and um, deliberate. Versus now where your lightsaber um, choreography is a lot faster, technology is better. You can show him do force things that are like, holy shit, he's holding back a ship. Also, versus, the suit probably doesn't weigh a million pounds. Right, that too, yeah. So he moves a little bit faster. He, you know, like he's not Frankenstein or the zombie where it's like, oh my God, he's going to take 5,000 years to catch up to me. You're like, he can catch up to me and fuck me up. Yeah, that's kind of scary. That's kind of what I wanted out of, out of Darth. So, oh, okay. I mean, if the hallway from uh, Rogue One hasn't made that point very evident. <laughs> yeah, but th- think about it. The first, that was the first time you've seen it, you know? So then when they see it now in the series, like, that's what's up. Mike and Jazz keep jumping back to this. I'm glad you guys keep bringing this up. Let's go. Let's go right into the third sister because I know you guys keep talking about. Let's not go into the third sister. Whoa. Okay. Uh, wow. All right. I didn't think that would be coming from you, Jazz. All right. <laughs> so let's discuss the character, the third sister. Mike, you've kind of chimed in saying you've had problems with it. Jazz, you've said it also. Let's talk about um, how you guys feel about the third sister as being, you know, this secondary villain and her motives you guys sound like you didn't you didn't like her no <laughs> uh yeah it's just <laughs> tell me more um, tell me more like my problem is with her is just amplified the same problem i said with the inquisitor and with the fifth brother which is you know the fact that they were former jedi and that they're, they're murders but like hers is even more so it's because you find out that she's actually been seriously doing her job, but yet has this ulterior motive to kill Vader. Okay, I, I kind of get the idea of why you want to, you know, she has reason why she wants to kill Vader. She, you know, he killed all the, the younglings and stuff like that and nearly killed her. That's fine. I'm, even if you want to be like, you know, as, as a bratty kid, even an adult that hasn't gotten a chance to, let's say, reconcile that feeling to be like, you know, oh, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, you, you were a powerful Jedi and, you know, you should have been able to protect us. I get that. And that 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 anger that might be there again, anger. She's viciously murderous because again, she's murdering other people just to get to him. Uh, to Obi Wan, we're talking about. I don't understand this level of hate that she's supposed to have, and I don't understand because then it's felt like by the time we get the re- revelation that she's also trying to kill Vader by manipulating things so that she can get to be you know around him, his left hand, if you want to say or whatever. Um, it still doesn't understand because even once that's done, that's revealed. She, she she reveals her hand and Vader, you know, cuts her down. By the way, evidently getting stuck with a plasma level cut through steel lightsaber is a paper Ooh, cut. It is a paper cut. It is not a scratch. It, it yeah, cauterizes yeah, it, it, as it, it cuts. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. safe. It, 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 it killed. It, it went through two different people and they're both just good. But the point is, even after like her hands exposed, and she, for whatever dream, and again, I'm fine with her having the thought that she could have killed Vader. I don't care about that. That's fine. That's, you know, her craze. That's blah, blah, blah. My problem is that you would think that, okay, now she's realized my revenge has failed, you know, blah, blah, blah. Enough's enough. No, 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 no. Now I'm going to go and capture Luke, <laughs> you know, 
and, and even if you want to do this crazy, like, well, kid died here, kid died there kind of a thing. But my whole point was, it's that, and this is kind of that what I, was, I was saying about the, like, the messaging that we're getting with it. It's like, so now her, she gets a redemption because this crazy black woman with PTSD who murdered or allowed to be murdered all these countless families, she doesn't kill a defenseless boy in the desert. Redemption! And I'm like, because <laughs> he's like, after, after she brings him back, after all these other people she's murdered, he brings her back and he's like, oh, you know, you you know, all the other young ladies are now can be at peace. You're now free. And I'm like, what, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, you know, like, it's, right, it's right up there with the whole, like, again, I get that, you know, we all like Darth Vader to a point and in different ways, but it's just like, it's kind of like the Phoenix thing too. It's like, he killed everyone on Aldon. He's killed billions of people. There is no redemption. He, he, he kills billions of people and you throw some old lizard skin guy down a pit. Redemption! And I'm like, <laughs> nah, no. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Calm <laughs> down, <know>. calm down. <laughs> so anyhow, that's my problem with Reba. I, like, it was just the, the, the whole, you know, again, they, they were all chewing scenery, so I'm not even gonna talk about that part, but it was just the her whole scheme that they wrote for it made no sense to me. Uh, not to pull an um actually on you, but it was Tarkin that ordered the uh, destruction of Alderaan, not Vader. Um, ah, there we go. But I pretty much agree with Michael for all the same reasons. Um, I was hesitant about the character of Viva when I first saw her, but I was like, I will wait till the time series concludes. They probably have plans for her, and I'll yeah. see what happens. I do not understand what the point of her character was. I don't. Um, like, and there are some people say, oh, she's meant to embody what Anakin Skywalker was like, you know, like uh, ambitious, power hungry, has anger issues whatever and it's kind of supposed to reflect that but I, I when she goes through her supposed arc and i agree with michael that she should have died um when she uh when vader took her out which was a really cool scene by the way yeah it was um, really was but i i don't understand what purpose she was meant to serve i i don't get it and i've tried very hard to like rewatch it and be like, okay, is there something that I am missing here? Am I meant to pick up on something that I'm just missing? Cause I have done that before. I don't understand what the point of her character was or what it's supposed to represent or what it's supposed to, to be. Like, I really don't get it. Yeah, no, I, I'm lost with that. I have a theory. Please. I feel that they want to set up for future franchises and somehow create a sort of Jedi underground. Next question, please. <laughs> Wherein? Wait, Mr. Raining defending the next question? Continue, Rob. I want to hear this. Wherein? I, I have a feeling that because you see that Obi-Wan is like packing his shit at the end of, of the episode, uh, in the last episode, he's like getting ready to move on in a way, right? Um, That he's going to go start some sort of j underground Jedi order that's going to be somehow tied into other movies where they're going to have like their, their spinoff series or maybe within Obi-Wan itself explaining like other adventures that the Jedi have had. So she's probably going to be someone in that underground Obi-Wan order. I, I hope in every way, shape or form that you are absolutely incorrect. Me too. <laughs> because cause they, they, only have cause they only have seven years to play with before he's out of Guinness. I hope when she, I hope after she drops off Luke, she walks home and she falls into a Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Well, Damn. which explains how Boba Fett got out. 
Because <laughs> well, yeah, probably more compelling than that. Bounced out, you know. No, but I mean, exactly. No, I same thing because it's just like I, it's just one of these things of when like, I got finished watching the show, I'm just like, I understand that Disney has a property and you know they've got every right to make money, and I and I get that like you know I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I used to think I was a fan. I used to think that I was at least tolerable. Now I just realize like you know I'm, I'm if they never did another Star Wars anything, I'd be fine. Um, but these shows feel like they're just harming their own franchise at this point. It's they're, they're, To me, they have two options to completely reinvigorate everything. One is go into the future, never, ever, ever uh, mentioning the Skywalkers again, or go way into the past. Show me how it all started. I don't mean verbatim. I don't mean like episode one. I'm talking about, you know, go back. How did the Sith come about? You know, and whatever. Again, nothing, and and don't wink and nod to any of the Skywalkers. Don't don't wink and nod to some great user of the Force millennia you said from that now. For a yeah. while, though, Mike, because this is the only place for them to go. It's they're they're now starting to, like I said. I mean, again, people that love this show, that's fine. It's to me, you've harmed the character of Obi Wan for me. It's not that they, I mean, they didn't do anything horrible. It's just that like, I went from like having this imaginings of, oh, you know, I really like this guy. You know, I have my imagines of what he must have done to, oh, you're telling me what he did. And I'm not really happy about this now, you know? So now I'm, I'm starting to see everything else in a different color because you're coloring the book in for me. You know? And if anything's better than Minichlorians. Um <laughs> As they keep going down the line. <laughs> you know? um, I, I know we're, we're, we only have a limited amount of time, so. Um, let's talk a little bit about how they brought this to a close because it was only a six um, episode um, series, limited season. series, right? It's not known to get, is it, is it been renewed for a second season or is it just, that's what it is? I mean, so far, I don't think there are plans for it, but yeah. never say never. Never say never. All right. So let's, so let's talk about the finale of this series. Let's talk about how, how they wrapped it up, you know, because now you have, you know, um, the third sister figuring out uh, with a conveniently dropped message from <laughs> from Bail Organa saying you got to protect the kid at all costs. He's over here. I'm like, wow. And that, and by the way, that's all he said. At no point did it say that this was Vader's kid. There was nothing that anyone ever thought Vader had right. kids. She put she put nothing and nothing together and got two. <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I don't know what you did, but okay. So, so you have her chasing down Luke. You have. Um, Vader getting ready to square off against Obi Wan. You, you have all these different. I mean, how do we feel about about the the the, the finale uh, of the series? Uh, before, before we answer, hand raised. Who thought that Obi Wan was going to die? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. See Put your hand who... down, Ralph. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I was just scratching myself. <laughs> I'll give one last thing on Reva is one thing that I did appreciate that they did is the only thing is in uh, when Reva tells Obi-Wan that Anakin is alive because yes. that was that was a moment in a series that I would hope that they do that Obi-Wan realized that his ultimate failure has led to Darth Vader and I'm glad they had that in the series yeah no that moving was on to the moving on to the finale uh, I've talked a lot on this show uh, in this episode about my critiques with the show the finale, I think, had a lot to offer, especially in that confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader. Not just because visually it looked cool and like the and the lighting with the lightsaber, the camera work and all that stuff. Um, I thought they did it really well and, have, and I thought they had some great moments. Um, going back to their duel on Moosefar in episode three, 
yes, the prequel has some amazing choreographic work when it comes to the fighting. My critique with that is that there's no emotion to it. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. let's do the fanciest swordplay we can see. And it looks really cool, but I would still much rather watch any of the lightsaber fights in 4, 5, and 6 than compared to the prequels because there was some real emotional weight to it. Yeah. Even when, like, the two old men were swinging 6 with Alec Guinness, like, not the fanciest fight, but it really meant something. Yeah. When Luke gets trounced by Vader in The Empire Strikes. If you want to see Vader look menacing and scary, watch the fight in The Empire Strikes Back. You're right. You're um, right. And so, and in very emotional fight in Return of the Jedi. So I like watching those. I liked how they almost kind of redid or added onto the very last part of that fight from episode three. Because like the dialogue they have right before the end, when Obi-Wan says, I have failed you, Anakin, I have failed you. I should have known the Jedi were trying to take over. Anakin, Chancellor Palpatine is evil. For my point to be the Jedi are evil, but then you have lost, yada, yada, yada. I, that dialogue is dumb. Um, and it doesn't really, for me, fulfill the weight that I would want to seem like that to have, in my opinion. So when we have this scene at the end, when he cuts open the mask, and Obi-Wan gets to say to Anakin, I'm sorry. I just, and he, he, like Ewan McGregor's crying, and you finally get, because he's never said it in any of the other episodes. Yeah. And he mm -hmm. finally gets to come out and he says, I am so sorry this happened to you. This is my fault. My job was to teach you. My job was to protect you. I couldn't do it. I allowed you to be corrupted by the dark side. I am sorry. And then when Anakin says, no, I am not your failure. Um, and that's- I did this. I killed Anakin. Like you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Right. That's a really powerful moment that I wish we could have gotten in episode three or even when they met and met again in a new hope and so i'm glad that we got a chance to see that and i think that's one of the things that the show did really really well they put a lot of emotion into that conflict that we didn't really get to see that much or get to see as much as maybe some people would have wanted now, i definitely will agree that 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 moment in the final episode is everything that you said it was i definitely will agree i unfortunately none of that existed in all the other episodes, <laughs> you know, that's, that's my problem yeah. is that all uh, the other like episodes it, it, just, you know, the, the dialogue was cheap. It was, it was trite. It was, it was tropes. That was really good. It was genuine. And also I liked that Vader added what he added. The fact that no, I was not your failure and that he killed Anakin because otherwise, and again, I mean, from, from uh, Obi-Wan's point of view, I get it. But as far as from an audience watching it, if he had not added, if, if Anakin had not added what he did, then it was basically saying that uh, Anakin took has no responsibility in becoming the man he became. You know, sure, as a person that was your teacher, that was the master, yes, you feel like you're responsible, you know, because you feel that that's your responsibility. But we all know or should know we are not responsible for another person like that. You know, we are not, you know, we are not your conscience, you know, as much as we may feel like we want to be. So I like that, that Anakin took that back. He owned himself. And I that's like true. that. You know. That's true. And I appreciate they had that as well. And that's, that's great that you pointed out. But also to reference, to go into episode eight, which happens chronologically afterward, but in real life happens before, what Yoda tells to Luke is, is Luke, we are what they grow beyond. That's the true burden of all masters. Um, and it's, again, it was really cool seeing that dynamic and seeing that emotion that I wanted to see back on Mustafar, and I didn't. And they were able to kind of, again, sort of cut and paste that, add it on to the end 
to really bring that the prequel story full circle before we <clears throat> pick up um, and see them in the original trilogy. No, oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll say that um what what I did like about that um that kind of closure statement that that Anakin said about himself, it kind of helps you tie in the episode four because if you look at the way um, Obi Wan talks about Darth, obviously now you know you know hindsight knowing that he knows who Anakin is and Anakin's Darth, there's this kind of thing now where he's like, okay, well now. I can deal with you like an enemy. There's no that guilt hanging over me as much. I feel like you are who you are, now I gotta take you out. And the way he is in episode four and five, or at least episode four, and then as the force goes in five, or goes force goes in six, you're like, okay, because he kind of speaks about Darth, like, yeah, you know, you know, he was your father, but he's evil, you gotta take him out. Well, that was, guilt... huh? that kind of well, that kind of plays into the overarching plan that Obi-Wan and Yoda have. It's a little bit kind of twisted. They they in the original, they purposely are trying to deceive Luke to have him set up to kill Vader. They don't want him to figure out the truth because I'm getting off topic here because they know if Luke finds out, he will not go up against Vader. And they tried and they tried to avoid that at all costs. Well, I mean, you know, it is kind of, you know, weird when you think that you're trying to get someone to kill their own dad. <laughs> you know, it, it, that is kind of wise that you probably don't want to let them know that ahead of time. Leave that out, you must. <laughs> Master Yoda. <laughs> all right so is that is there anything else you want to add before we go to renaming the series and ratings uh great i mean great acting by ewan mcgregor like there are small little oh, he things good. i appreciate how he's changed his voice to sound a little bit more like alec Guinness. yes um also i appreciate joel edgerton as a small role as owen mars i think it was cool bringing him back it didn't feel forced and it still felt true to the character even though it is a younger version um, so I, I agree with Michael that they do way too many throwbacks to old characters, but this is one that was a little bit more natural and I did think it fit with the story they were telling. So yeah, I will I give it. credit where credit's due. No, oh, definitely, definitely. So I guess, Ralph, Mike, anything before we go into renaming and ratings? Right, I'm pretty good. I would right. like to reiterate how much fun I had with Little Leia. This actress is really like, ugh. I, I have high hopes for her in the future. I gotta agree yes, with being the chased by the bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was man. <laughs> that was Flea, wasn't it? That was Flea. Yeah. Holy shit! <laughs> Thank you, Jazz. You know what's funny? I, I mean, as bad as he looked now, he looked just as bad back in the nineties. So you know, <laughs> I just maybe a little more hair. A I little just, more hair. Now that Jazz said it, I'm like, oh wait, shit, it was him. <laughs> All, all right. Of, all of, I think all of a member of that series by this point will just be, huh? This skate won't open anymore. Get me a ladder. <laughs> Who the fuck just said that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Listen to her. Really, Re really, Obi Wan. But at what point has she ever shown any electronic capabilities? She couldn't even repair her droid. But sure. <laughs> Clearly, child labor laws on that planet are non-existent. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go into it. Renaming the series. Ralph, do you want to go first? No, no, no. I, I, nah, I, I nah, nah, nah. Okay. I don't deserve that honor. All right, I'll go for it. I'll go for it first. So I'm gonna call this OB wanna make up for that horrible Boba Fett series. <laughs> it was Mike. not that bad. Oh, Boba Fett was horrible, Mike. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, he kept, you know, giving little gifts to uh, little Luke there. So I just called it Obi-Wan, the creepy Santa Claus of tattooing. 
Ralphie, you got one? I got one. Oh, oh. right. I should probably say that. Right? Yeah, that'd be yes, nice. yes, that's how it works. Oh, okay. Uh, Obi Yawn, because that's what y'all been doing this whole time. Wow. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. There you Jazz? Go. I can't really rename it, and if, I mean, I probably rip headphones. Uh, but between Darth Maul's scream in the Clone Wars and uh, Darth Va- and Darth Vader's scream in this, we now have two different villains screaming Obi Wan Kenobi's full name. Uh, so if we just like splice those the, those two audio clips together, we'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Holy smokes! Okay, <laughs> all right, let's go for it. Ratings for Obi Wan the series, Ralph. I give Obi-Wan the series uh, seven classes that the stormtroopers missed on uh, targeting. Like, like literally, they can never hit any target that is point blank in front of them. They were standing at the doorway, 50 people into a small room of people, and they missed every shot. <laughs> but clearly, they're very good at catching them. My, my my favorite thing is just like we put. I think I forget which movie. Maybe it was one of the last uh, uh, Star Wars movies. But it's just like once again, I I don't know if it was Ewan McGregor or what. But one of the people pushed the stormtrooper in the face on his mask, and he went down. And I'm like, what? What armor is this? Is, are there like spikes inside their armor? <laughs> well, uh, well. Uh, so in that exact scene, uh, the stormtrooper was being pushed by a woman, and we have to serve strong female characters. So that, uh, there you go. Them out. But in regards <laughs> to the accuracy, like I picture like a massive like orientation where like Vader is speaking to like all the stormtroopers and like the battalion is like, okay, I've heard some complaints. Show me by a show of hands how many people think your uniform is affecting your accuracy. Oh wow. <laughs> um, he's like a sea of hands just going up of stormtroopers that can't shoot oh my God. well that's, that's I'm going to give starts, it a try he should start <laughs> teaching all those stormtroopers the force so they can be able to shoot better feel your yeah. enemy close your eyes <laughs> they close their eyes now <laughs> no no their eyes are wide open <laughs> well I'm going to give Obi-Wan eight protagonists being dragged through the fire before being um, put in a Bactic tank out of 10. Mike. By the way, I think the most sympathetic character was that robot, the loader. I, no. <laughs> I don't even remember his name. I actually liked it more than anybody. Um, but anyhow, uh, I give it a rating of five and a half listless scripts of hackneyed nostalgia out of 10. <laughs> and last but not least, Jazz, what's your rating for Obi-Wan? I'm giving it a seven out of 10. That may seem a little bit low, but that's way better than Boba Fett. So great job Thank on the bounce. You. Great job on the bounce back. <laughs> great job on the bounce back. Oh, okay. All right. So there you have it. Obi-Wan the series. Hello there. Maybe you should check it out. I can't do um Alan Guinness. Fuck it. But you know what, guys? Don't go anywhere. I promise. No bad no bad impersonations, but rocket review. That's next. <laughs> Hello everyone, this is The Cap, here with another Rocket Review. Today, I'll be discussing the Disney Pixar feature film, Lightyear. This movie is sort of a tie-in prequel to the Disney Toy Story franchise and one of its biggest characters, Buzz Lightyear. Disney probably could have made it easier and explained things months before release, but they waited for the last minute and made the explanation totally complicated. Here's what it is though. 
Lightyear is the movie that Andy watched when he was a kid, and also the inspiration for the toy that he eventually gets as a gift in the original Toy Story. Got that so far? Okay, good. So instead of Tim Allen voicing Buzz, Buzz is voiced by the great Chris Evans. The movie shows how Buzz Lightyear became the leader of the Space Rangers, and also some of his adventures leading up to it, from his mistake that got his team of explorers stranded on an alien planet, to watching him try to go rectify those mistakes, only making it worse. Wow, this is more and more depressing by the second. Oh, wait, hold on. Did I forget to mention that he meets Zerg, his arch enemy, who's revealed to be... Oh, no, maybe I shouldn't mention that. That's spoilers. But anyway, we see a lot of different things. Um, the highlight of the movie probably has to be Socks, which is Buzz Lightyear's emotional support robot cat that helps him along the way and gets some laugh from the audience as well. Does it have adventure? Eh, it does, definitely. Does it feel like your kids would like it? I'll say if they're probably a little bit older, they might enjoy it. And also that um, maybe if they saw all the Toy Story films. And even then, I still feel like Disney kind of missed the mark by making this movie a little bit too earnest and a little too serious. Not a lot of laughs for me. Um, I want to give Lightyear seven meow, 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 <laughs> out of ten. So there it is, my rocket review. And now, Geeks on the Go. Geeks on the Go. Now with more curse. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. All right. That was very interesting. All right. So, everybody, you know the segment. Jazz, you should know it. You've been on the show long enough. I give quick questions. They give quick answers. <laughs> on all... Whoa, what, what's that laugh about, Mike? Are you being facetious? Uh, I'm sorry. You said something about quick questions, but go on. Oh, I give quick questions. Quick <laughs> yeah, answers sure is another story. Every time uh -huh. you do this, I feel like I'm taking the SATs all over again. Oh, my goodness. The SATs. <laughs> well, I know we're not going to make it under a minute because we have three people and I have two people trying to sabotage me. And you're no, I, I just laugh at your short question thing. You're but let's go on. Let's see how short your questions are. Let's see how short they are. All right. Ready, set, go. If the choice was given to become a Jedi or a Sith, which would you choose, Mike? After watching Obi-Wan, Sith. <laughs> Ralph? Uh, I choose Gray. Oh, my goodness. And Jazz? Ralph, that's a dumbass answer. Uh, I would take Jedi, ultimately fail, become a Sith. <laughs> All right. So if Marvel heroes crossed over with um, Star Wars Universe or vice versa, would you be done watching or reading their property, Jazz? Uh, yes, I would be It'd be stupid because like the Hulk and Spider-Man would like science the shit out of the force and make it not cool anymore. <laughs> Ralph? Uh, no, I'd keep watching because I would definitely want to see uh, Deadpool wielding a lightsaber. Mike? I want to watch Doctor Strange laugh at Vader's powers before Ant-Man shrinks him to the size of a grain of rice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Name anything from the Star Wars universe you would definitely own if it existed in real life. Ralph? I mean, a flying, hovering... Car, spaceship, lightsabers, blasters, jetpacks. Okay, all right. All right. Grogu's. Me. Grogu's, wow. Because you can reproduce those. Okay. Yeah, um, listen. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, that's a legitimate answer. If we can Mike? clone a sheep, we can clone a Grogu. I guess. Mike? What was the question? Um, The question is, if anything um, existed from Star Wars that existed like in real life, what is something you would want to own? Uh, Death Star. Never need to give two weeks notice again. <laughs> you coming in today? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Okay, all right. Hold on. Hold on a sec. Hold on. This deserves it. <laughs> yeah, the gong. I haven't heard the gong in a while. Jazz. Polystarch. Wait, what, what was that? Polystarch. Polystarch? The hell so, is that? Okay, so- so everyone is like, you know, you're picking like lightsabers, blasters, Death Star. I am really nervous about that, Mike. Um, but like, you're picking all like the cool stuff that is incredibly destructive. Me taking a, I have a more practical, practical approach. Polystarch is the bread rations that Ray gets in Episode Seven when she trades in her wares. You know, she goes back to her home in the ATAT. She pours water, and the bread appears um, because of the portions that she gets. That is known as polystarch. It's like instant oh, okay. food or instant and bread so like, you like bread that much no but it'd be more <laughs> practical to have as far as the as what would benefit the world but a fucking death star who cares about the death star, the world? The death we star really benefit the world we said benefit your ass <laughs> I, by the way why would the death star not benefit the world you guys well, do, like, so, like, do, live peacefully and do proper things or you won't exist anymore <laughs> so like the thing is so the question was name anything that universe that you would definitely own if it existed I do not want lightsabers, blasters, Death Stars, jetpacks, etc. to exist. I will take instant food. <laughs> hey, he's oh, got man. a point on that. You know, and that'll do him good right before I blast his ass off of that planet. <laughs> At least I'm not dying hungry. I, I want to be. I want to be like all the other thirty and under kids in New York City. And what's the name of that 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 um that moped like thing that they had um in episode um six? And when they're on Endor, the um, oh, the speeder bike, the, uh, the speeder yeah, bike, twice. yeah. Because I feel like everybody in New York City with these damn rented bikes and city bikes, riding on the sidewalk, riding on the street, people with a uh, motorized. I'm like, dude, no Doordash is door, dude, Doordash is chaotic enough. We do not need to add <laughs> speeder bikes to this. Did anyone notice that the cap just sounded like Abe Simpson? And oh, another wow. thing with these bikes, and they're all over the sidewalk and in the streets. <laughs> okay, so so raise your hand here if, if everybody loves bikers and loves the way bikers are in New York City. Hey, listen, um, I'm a biker no in way. New York City, so watch yourself. Mike, I, I will say this. I, I don't normally defend the cap, but, but the Bronx has does have an epidemic of Lyme disease. And by Lyme disease, I mean all the Lyme scooters that are on every corner or on the floor. <laughs> and the heights. Yeah. The heights is, oh my goodness. I'm walking down the sidewalk and I almost get run over by a bike. I'm like, there's a street for that. What the hell? Anyway, I sound like an old man. Listen, don't generalize <laughs> all the bikers, all right? I'm yeah, gonna, you're right. Ones. You're right. You're right. Um, shout outs. Do we have any shout outs, gentlemen? I'd like to shout out Jazz for coming on to this show because we haven't seen his damn beautiful face in ages. Thanks, Jazz. <laughs> that just sounded so. Thanks, Jazz. Thanks that for was nothing. so confusing. It was, Michael, right? Michael also demands that I cover my face whenever I come on to these live or <laughs> virtual or in person. Uh, <laughs> he's consistent, though. That's true, though. Did you get that bag I sent you? That why aren't you wearing it? That explains why he was wearing a mask before Corona. Oh. Uh, yeah. What about you, Ralphie? Any shout outs? Um, I would like to shout out everyone and no one. Especially simultaneously, you. yes, simultaneously, yeah, everyone or no one, everyone or no one. Once again, consistency is part of the show. Um, Jazz, what about no, you, sh- my friend? No shout outs, thank you very much for having me on. Always a pleasure to come here and talk Star Wars. Speaking yeah. of Star Wars, you you speak Star Wars a lot more than just on random podcasts, right? I mean, do you do something with this with your Star Wars knowledge and stuff? 
Yes, absolutely. In addition to JavaScript and Klingon, I do speak Star Wars very well. So uh, um, one of those two was a lie. Uh, so um, I do run a Star I do run a Star Wars trivia hosted virtually over Zoom. Um, it is film based, so you don't have to worry about uh, TV shows, books, video games, etc. Um, come on here and uh, show us your stuff. Let these fine people know at wherever you can reach them in the top secret MW22 location, which is just <laughs> off the Yankees, which is just off the Yankee stadium stop on the, on the, uh, on the green line in New York city. Um, so come on by and maybe just maybe you will learn enough to eventually take on me. Wow. We'll have, so it'll, be the, it'll be the rule of two, one to hold the power and the other one to create it. <laughs> and uh, how did they find out about the zoom? Like how do they, how do they reach it? Uh, you can talk to, Mike's secretary, who's also known as Ralph, and then um, <laughs> they will forward information to me. Ralph, I have something I need. Uh, I have dictation. I need you to sit on my knee again, <laughs> or to help, or to help you out. You could also send any requests about information about Jazz's um, Star Wars trivia night at um, the cap um, dot twenty two pages at gmail so it'd be a shame if we had a Twitter page. Yeah, it would be a shame, right? <laughs> I mean, we well, do have a Twitter, we have Instagram. You guys know yeah, this. Yeah, Why yeah, that would have been the easiest way. <laughs> Got it done that way too. Well, we have multiple ways of contacting us. You and, and if you're listening, you know one of us three. I mean, you know, even Johannes knows us. He's in another country. I'd like so, to yeah. think that we have listeners that we don't know about. I, yeah. I, yeah, me too. We we yeah, have you know. those. I mean, yeah. I do know about two or three billion people. So I mean, you know, but there is a good chance that there's more. More listeners out there that I'm not aware of. I mean, right. you killed all of them. So, like, how how do you expect them to listen to the podcast? <laughs> I expect them to listen to it fearfully. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give some shout outs, of course. Shout out to Jazz, thank you for coming on. Shout out to the guys for always putting together a good show. Shout outs to um South Carolina, um Tinkerbell. Um, I gotta do this in the correct order because I got yelled at last time. So wow. shout out to Emma's for Marvel. And shout out to Lady J, last but not least. Um, yeah, it caused a little controversy at a at a at a dinner the other day. So you like, should oh. just do it alphabetically. <laughs> or in any oh, way you please. To, can we go back to you giving a shout out to the entire state of South Carolina? Uh, yeah. you know the funny part is I, I thought that you would think that. <laughs> South, South Carolina. I haven't um, been on here in a very long time. South Carolina is a very good friend of ours who loves DCPS. She wrote us back after we shouted her out the last time, and she's like, um, "No matter how much you guys make fun of me for loving DC movies, I love you guys," which is like saying that she loves the abuse. So, <laughs> I guess it's cool. <laughs> Hi, South Carolina. I also enjoy DC movies. <laughs> no, but I mean, she loves it blindly. Like blindly, like see no you know one. mind. Wonder Woman eighty four. She's like, I love Wonder Woman eighty four. I'm like, whoa. We're good. We can move on now. <laughs> yeah, but shout out to nice. everybody who's listening, still listening. We love you guys. Thank you all for your support. Anything else we want to add before we close close up shop? Nope. Let's get the hell out of here. All right. So for Mike, also known as MFG and RT Square, we're off the tech, and our guest, our guest host, our guest star, Jazz. This is the cap saying keep it geeky and may the force be with you always